Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Hi, my name is Charles Ree, Cowan's Healthcare Technology Analyst, and welcome to a special Cowan Future Health podcast. Today's podcast is part of a series for our 2021 Cowan Future Health Conference, bringing together thought leaders, innovators, and investors to discuss how the convergence of healthcare, technology, and consumerism is changing the way we look at health, healthcare, and the healthcare system. And in this episode, we'll be talking about rehumanizing the visit to the doctor's office. And to discuss the topic with me is Manny Krakaris, CEO of Augmetics, a pioneer in virtual medical documentation and live clinical support. Augmetics converts natural clinical patient conversation into medical documentation and provides live support, including referrals, orders, and reminders, so clinicians can focus on what matters most, which is patient care. So thanks, Manny, for joining us. Uh, great to be here, Charles. Thank you very much for inviting me. Great. Hey, so, you know, I, you know, I think one of the most, if, if we think back now where we are uh, here in 2021, but looking back, let's say over the last 10 years plus, you know, one of the most important developments I'd say in healthcare has been really the digitization of health records and the you know, really wide adoption of electronic health records. And, and it's fair to say that I think this has led to a number of advancements in the U.S. healthcare system. But you know, at the same time, it's probably you know, inadvertently led to additional administrative burdens for providers, uh, you know, potentially leading to other unintended uh, consequences uh, to our system. You know, as you think about that, you know, you know, how, how do you think about that? Um, and you know, maybe what are some of the some of those uh, adverse effects that we're seeing in the market as a result? Well, Charles, there's no question that uh, the electronic health record system has led to a higher level of uh, healthcare quality. But in the process of doing that, it's imposed a significant amount of burden onto doctors. Uh, today, the average doctor spends between two and three hours on documentation. Some of that time is spent during office hours but also some of that time is spent at home at nights and on weekends, which has an adverse effect on their quality of life. And as a result, it's leading to a record number of physician burnout, uh, where physicians are leaving the medical practice altogether. That alone is costing the healthcare industry about $4.6 billion a year. And it's exacerbating the critical shortage of doctors, which already exists in the US, and it's estimated that that shortage is gonna increase from about 30,000 to about 105,000 by uh, doctors by the year 2030. It also, uh, because of uh, how doctors actually take care of documentation, it diverts doctors' attention um, from the patients to whatever technology piece of hardware they're using to do the documentation during the encounter with patients. And that, results in a lower level of satisfaction on the part of patients. Yeah, I, I can tell you for my own example, I remember being with a doctor just uh, you know a few months ago and uh, he'd ask me questions and he'd look at the screen and be typing and he'd turn halfway away and uh, I understood what he was doing. So, you know, it wasn't bothering me, but I can, I can imagine for others, it would be a little, uh, you feel like you only have five minutes of time, right? And uh, he spends half the time looking away. And that's the typical experience today. Yeah. So, you know, if we think about it until now, you know, what kind of solutions have providers uh, tried to use to alleviate some of that? 
Well, there's a, there's a wide array of solutions that have become available in the last few years uh, that grew out of the limitations of the original solution, which is a dictation-based uh, solution, uh, which over time has turned out not to save as much time as initially believed, uh, essentially because uh, it is typing with your mouth. In fact, I just heard an anecdote this morning uh, during our weekly sales call uh, with our team where uh, one of the uh, prospects that one of our salespeople was talking to mentioned that they wanted to move away from dictation service because it was uh, make, leaving them hoarse. And so they'd spend the first hour or two of the day just dictating notes from the prior day and then seeing patients and their voice would give out midway through the day. So that's not a, 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 a good solution for, for doctors. Uh, so there's a wide range. So you've, you they, they emanated from uh, dictation services, but now have evolved to much broader full service outsource solutions, uh, such as the ones that we provided, the Augmetics. Yeah, and, and I think you might've mentioned it just earlier, but if we think about the market opportunity to address this uh, administrative burdens, it seems it's quite significant. Yeah, I mean, look, there are four, as far as we can see, there's four major categories of limitations that existing solutions fall into. One, they don't save doctors enough time, so they're not worth the effort. Uh, two, they're too rigid and don't integrate easily into doctor workflows. Three, they're not mobile, which is increasingly important uh, today because doctors don't always practice from a fixed location. And four, uh, there are limitations which uh, that pertain to the most prevalent model uh, or full service solution, which is the in-person model. Uh, COVID exposed limitations of that, of that model and healthcare systems are moving away from it. Yeah. So, so maybe, you know, this is a good segue into talking about Augmetics. Um, you know, maybe talk about the Augmetics uh, offerings, Augmetics Live and Augmetics Notes, and, you know, how, how they are differentiated from the current uh, solutions available today. Sure. So we start our business with a live offering, which is a real-time solution. Back in 2013, we were the first company to offer virtual real-time documentation uh, to address the medical note burden. Um, and we complemented that service with a non-real-time service, which we call Notes, last year. And our live service, under the live service, we have a dedicated specialist who ensures delivery of complete, accurate notes shortly following the conclusion of the patient encounter. Uh, moreover, because it's delivered via a bi-directional or synchronous communication channel, our live service enables an exchange of information between Augmetics and its customers to ensure the highest quality notes by eliminating any ambiguities that might occur or crop up during the patient encounter. And it also enables us to deliver other services such as care reminders, coding suggestions, and pending orders. The value of these additional services is greatest when delivered in real time, which gives us a significant advantage over the non-real-time services that are out there. And, and, you know, and I think maybe some who are familiar with the company might remember, I think you guys started in 2013 uh, using the Google Glass where doctors could be right. talking to the patients and seeing the information presented by their specialist uh, in real time. Uh, nowadays, it seems like a lot of physicians are using their smartphones uh, to engage with you guys. Is that correct? 
That is true. So we we were at, when we started 100% on Google Glass. Um, the first couple of generations of Google Glass uh, were not designed for eight to ten hours of continuous video and audio streaming. So we migrated to smartphones. Today, about 90% of all of our doctors are on smartphones. However, Google released an enterprise, a true enterprise grade uh, version of Google Glass last year. We piloted it uh, very successfully at, in an emergency department of a hospital in Southern California. We're very excited about the performance of this particular piece of hardware, and we're now offering it to physicians, um, uh, not just in the emergency departments, but for hospitalists and other applications where doctors prefer a hands-free solution that offers a point of view uh, to, uh, to us. And speaking of the, that successful pilot in the emergency room, uh, you've had a lot of success with uh, uh, major health systems. You know, maybe talk about sort of, you know, the customers that you have so far and, you know, sort of the, the value that they find in the augmented solution. Sure. So we today have under contract for the top 10 and six of the top 20 healthcare systems in the U.S. as customers, uh, as measured by patient revenue. And getting into uh, large enterprises is not uh, a trivial matter. It requires a tremendous amount of um, data protection uh, that they're incredibly sensitive to. So we not only have to comply with HIPAA standards in terms of data security, but uh, we go well beyond that uh, because the requirements of our, of our big enterprise customers um, exceed the requirements of HIPAA. And uh, as, you, as you go into enterprises, they will typically start with small cohorts of doctors just to become acclimated with the service. But then as they become acclimated and you're able to demonstrate the ROI, um, you uh, are able to more deeply penetrate those organizations. And that's been the model that we've been following. Uh, in fact, historically, and that's true up through the, the first quarter of this year, uh, roughly two-thirds of our growth comes from our existing customers and a third comes from new customers. You know, I, I think a lot of companies have been challenged because of COVID. Just curious for Augmetics, you know, how did the pandemic affect you? Um, you know, sort of, it, it, were there any delays in how clients were responding? I'm, I'm sure they're all swamped with dealing with COVID itself. Uh, Maybe, maybe touch on that and then, you know, how, how does it look as we're, as we're kind of coming out of it now? Sure. Well, I think uh, like uh, most healthcare companies, we were adversely impacted by COVID uh, because our customers were. Um, patient volumes declined dramatically uh, towards the end of March 2020 through June of 2020. Uh, they started to pick up towards the latter part of June. Uh, and that, of course, translated into higher volumes for our, our company. Um, we recovered very quickly. We ended up picking up business from uh, some of our competitors who relied on an in-person model because that model did not work during um, the pandemic. Uh, it does not work during the pandemic. And we ended up having record bookings in Q3 of last year, and that momentum is carried uh, into Q4. Uh, and the first uh, quarter of this year. And we see that continuing through the rest of the year as our customers are uh, less 
preoccupied with the um, pandemic and the impact it is having on uh, their operations. So, you know, we'd love to touch on this in-person type of business, right? You know, having a scribe, you know, in physician offices to, to do the documentation. Uh, I, I got to think, I mean, when you, when you speak to some of these health systems, I mean, do any of them think of going back to having scribes given the experience with the pandemic or? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's tough to put the genie back in the bottle uh, once it's out. And I think what happened during the pandemic, uh, particularly towards uh, the back half of 2020 uh, and continuing to this year is that enterprises became accustomed and acclimated to the idea of virtual documentation services uh, and the ease with which and the efficacy uh, that they are able to deliver. Uh, so I, I don't think that there's going to be a, a, a big rush to go back into in-person scribing on the part of those healthcare systems that have left it. Uh, I'm sure there's still going to be a market for it. Uh, for in-person scribing, uh, but I think the vast majority of large healthcare enterprises are migrating much more towards the virtual solution. And, and apart then, you know, when we think about this opportunity, uh, you know, not, not only, you know, just the organic growth uh, opportunities, but particularly those that are maybe migrating away from in-person scribes uh, to a virtual kind of solution, you know, what, what does the competitive landscape look like? Um, you know, there's obviously you guys, and, uh, and I think some people talked about nuance to a certain degree. Um, just curious, you know, what, what are the players that are out there in the market for this kind of service? Well, there's several. Um, and when we first started back in 2013, there was really just us uh, as a virtual player. Uh, you had the big incumbents, nuance and Modal, with their dictation services. Uh, but since then, several companies have cropped up, many of them uh, on the premise that they can deliver a complete, accurate, cogent medical note without any human intervention. Uh, as those uh, propositions have been tested in the market, it's been revealed that they really can't deliver on that promise. And... Uh, I'll go into some of the some of the limitations of technology in a moment, but what I think differentiates us from everybody else in the field uh, are these four features of our service that no one else can replicate. Uh, we are the only company that offers these four features, which we believe are very important to doctors. One is we use the ambient conversation, the natural conversation that exists that occurs between doctors and patients as the input for the note creation process. Second, um, we offer mobility to our customers. In other words, the means through which they access the service is not fixed or tied to a specific location. So if they happen to want to see a patient uh, from any given exam room in their facility or from their offices, if they wanna communicate with us, or if they're doing a virtual visit from their home offices, they don't have that limitation with our service because our service is completely mobile for our customers. Third, we are virtual, we're remote. Uh, so we don't 
suffer from the limitations of the in-person model, as we talked about earlier. And fourth, we offer a real-time service, which is very, very difficult to uh, implement uh, because of the logistical and technical challenges associated with it. So those are the, the four differentiating factors, which we believe are very important in the marketplace, and we're the only company that offers that. Now, in terms of the limitations of the pure AI, let's call it pure AI approach to um, documentation, if you, if you think about conversations that occur between people, um, they can go in any direction. Um, and that is also the case with a doctor-patient encounter. Um, clearly, the doctor's trying to understand what the underlying issue is with a patient, but the patient may provide some background or may go on to some other unrelated subject that uh, enters into that conversation. So when that conversation passes through an ASR um, model and converted into text, that text is essentially unstructured data. And no matter how good your algorithms are, it's very difficult to convert unstructured data into an accurate and cogent um, medical note. Um, and the requirements in our industry for accuracy are very, very high because the consequences of mistakes can be devastating. So um, you have that inherent limitation when you're dealing with an ambient conversation of trying to provide contextual meaning or parameters to what is being said so that then your technology can take over and, and make use of that information and generate um, the note automatically. So there are various approaches to addressing the, uh, this challenge. And some companies deal with it at the very front end where they ask their doctors and the patients to follow fairly rigid scripts in order for their algorithms to work properly. Um, but that is not how most doctors like to practice medicine. We don't believe that's the case. Uh, we think that that is moving away from uh, rehumanizing healthcare. And so we don't think that technology should be inhibiting doctors from practicing medicine the way they want to practice medicine. We think technology has to be an enabler, a facilitator to do that. So we don't believe in that approach. The other at the same time, right? I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, at the same time, right? You'd also argue no one patient visit is the same, right? You know, no one's coming in to complain about the same issue, right? Everyone has something unique about what's bothering them. There are literally, you know, millions of, of different uh, patient visit types um, and they vary based on the specialty. Um, so you can imagine the permutations that you have to deal with when you're building models uh, to generate um, accurate output uh, from that text when it's converted from speech. So yeah, there are, Charles, there's all sorts of limitations out there. Uh, we don't think that a pure technology solution is going to be effective for a very long time. We need a lot more data, uh, a lot more context in order to get there. And that's gonna take a long, long time. In the meantime, we are learning. Uh, everybody out there is learning through uh, machine learning. 
We're harnessing the data that we capture today uh, to help us understand what the contextual parameters should be with a particular patient visit. And that helps us reduce those permutations as something that's more manageable for our algorithms to work more effectively with. But it's still not going to be perfect. You're still going to need someone to provide some quality control at the back end of that process to deliver uh, the level of accuracy that's demanded by our, by our uh, healthcare system. Then for, for the augmentics, maybe talk about, because I think you guys do it a little bit differently than how you bring in technology into the process and uh, you know AI into it. Um, seems like you bring it in in the middle, right? Um, we do, we do. That's, that's, a, that's exactly right. So um, because our founding principle is on rehumanizing healthcare, which means allowing doctors to have an uninhibited conversation with their patient, um, we recognize the limitations, the inherent limitations of AI. And what we do is we build technology behind that conversation after it occurs. And the technology is built around a tool we call Note Builder, uh, on which we filed several patents. And what NoteBuilder does is it uses, it harnesses the best of what the human brain can do with technology, what technology can bring to the table. And what the human mind can do that a machine can't do today is provide contextual meaning or parameters to unstructured data. Um, and that's what we ask of our specialists to do. So they're just listening for keywords during the conversation that encounter between a doctor and a patient and clicking on the selections that are presented to them. And once they make those clicks, those selections, then a sentence is automatically generated for them in the appropriate section of the medical note. And that sentence will be grammatically correct and medically accurate. And it will, as I mentioned, get populated in the appropriate section of the medical note. So that's our approach to it. We are, through machine learning, uh, reducing the amount of effort and um, time required by a specialist to provide that contextual meaning, but they're still necessary because technology, there just isn't enough data today to cover all of the permutations that exist in the real world. Do you think, though, that might be possible in the future? Is, is that still maybe the holy grail of it all is to be? Well, it is the holy grail. Um, everybody's trying to get there. Um, it's, it's just a very difficult problem to solve. You know, different industries, uh, including the one that I came from before I joined Augmentics, have a lower threshold for accuracy. And, and that's perfectly fine for those industries. But in our industry, as I mentioned before, the consequences of making a mistake can be devastating. And so we can't afford to do that in this industry. It's almost like the autonomous vehicle. There was a great deal of promise with the technology, but at the end of the day, the technology has to be absolutely bulletproof in order for society to accept the consequences of, of a mistake or a problem that occurs from that technology. Because the hum humans are, we're kind of given a uh, you know 
some, some latitude in terms of mistakes we make, but if it comes to software, there is no such latitude. People are not as forgiving about mistakes that occur with software. I'm sure nobody wants their doctor, uh, you know, practicing on autopilot, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they don't. And obviously, this is a big opportunity here uh, for for you. Um, but you know, but maybe before touching on that, you know, talk about your clients in that sense. You know, sort of what are the uh, outcomes they're seeing, and what are the indicators they're looking at that you know, deploying Augmetics, you know, has been a, a real positive for them? Well, we, we focus, uh, we have a very data-driven approach when we talk to enterprises. And what we try to do is, is um, map out each one of the physicians in these large groups um, based on a couple of performance metrics that are generally measured by large enterprises, WRVUs, uh, which is a standard measure of productivity used in the healthcare industry for physicians' productivity. And then the other metric is the amount of time each physician spends uh, per patient visit in the EHR. And we map everybody uh, based on those two metrics on a grid, and we identify based on our empirical data that we've captured from our existing customers, those doctors where we believe would benefit the most from our service. Um, they happen to appear on the steepest slope of that curve where everybody's plotted against. And uh, we identify those doctors by name. And um, then we set up a program where we monitor their performance after they've been given the service. And we measure them against those two criteria. And then um, based on the outcome of those, of those initial cohorts, uh, we measure our, you know, our performance against what we expect to perform, um, how we expected to perform, and generally we've we've done quite well, and that's why we were given, you know, more doctors uh, for those particular enterprises. Uh, so it's a very data-driven approach to um, penetrating those organizations, and they can measure the effectiveness of our service. Um, based on top top line uh, improvement. That that's helpful. Um, so you know, obviously, uh, given the the market opportunity, that this sector is clearly attracting more and more attention. And you know, I think the most recent uh, uh, announcement out there was Microsoft's acquisition of Nuance. You know, do you see others following Microsoft's lead and entering the market as well? You know, how how do you see that kind of playing out? And you know, you know, not to not to have you pine too much, but you know, sort of, what do you think the thinking uh, is in terms of when these big tech companies are coming into into this into healthcare, I guess, in general, or and in this area specifically? Yeah. Well, look, we we welcome Microsoft's entry into the market. They've uh, already brought a lot more attention to the documentation problem uh, than existed before, and they're giving further credence to the outsourced solution. Um, so that's a positive. They're helping to educate the industry and um, uh, providing credibility to, to the virtual solutions. Um, I suspect that Microsoft's going to try to leverage Nuance's significant market penetration uh, from their Dragon um, service. But the reason why we believe, the reason why Microsoft, the primary reason why Microsoft bought uh, Nuance or is buying Nuance, 
is because of a service, uh, a full service solution that Nuance introduced last year called DAX, which stands for Dragon Ambient Experience. And it is basically positioned uh, directly um, against our note service. It's a non-real-time asynchronous service, but it is full service in terms of delivering a completed note to the uh, customer based on an ambient conversation. I think the challenge that Microsoft is going to encounter is that the, the purchasing decision for a product like Dragon is considerably different than that for a product like DAX. Dragon is an enterprise-wide, low-cost piece of software that uh, an enterprise can buy uh, for all of its doctors. Um, and the people making those decisions are different from the people who are making the decision to buy a full-service model. The full-service full solution is very doctor-specific. It is predicated on specific workflows of doctors, uh, and it's a much higher-priced service as well. So I don't think you can just automatically assume that everybody who's on Dragon is going to upgrade to DAX. I think that's that's a big leap. Uh, but nevertheless, I think that um, it's, it's a fantastic move for the industry that Microsoft's in it. And I do think that it's going to attract other major players. I don't think that it's such a big market. I don't think that um, other big companies calling, you know, Google or IBM or Amazon are going to sit idly by and seed the, um, the entire healthcare market to, to Microsoft. I think Microsoft's got a good head start, but I don't think that uh, they're gonna be the only game in town. Yeah. So, you know, you know maybe uh, just to round out here then, you know, uh, talk about, you know, what, what's next for Augmetics? You know, what should uh, investors be looking out for as we, we think about the pack half of this year, looking out further? Anything to, to highlight and keep an eye on? Sure. So as I mentioned, uh, we're continuing to build out on our uh, automation technology. Uh, we're adding services and more features to our core offerings. At some point, some of those additional services will be fully automated. Uh, so we're very excited about that. We're actually working on full automation of some of those additional features and services. Uh, Can you some examples? Sure. So. Uh, <laughs> I have to be careful in terms of what we're able to disclose, but um, if you think about care reminders, which is something that we offer today, uh, we do it um, manually. Uh, the documentation specialist has access to the EHR, the patient's EHR, and they will look at the flags that are already in there and ensure that the doctor is aware of the key flags during the encounter um, so that they don't miss anything from a uh, you know, care gap perspective. Now, going forward, we believe we can automate those notifications to the physician uh, without the, the need for a specialist to go into the EHR and pull them out manually. There are other services like coding, for example, that are very amenable to automation. There's already several standalone coding companies. Uh, there are different levels of coding uh, that the industry needs to uh, to undertake, and we believe uh, we can offer uh, at least some of that um, on a fully automated basis. We're also going to leverage our unique asset, which is the synchronous communication channel we have with the point of care. That is unique. We own that. 
and it enables us to deliver other types of relevant medical information in a more targeted and efficient manner than is possible through traditional media and delivery mechanisms today. Um, one thing about the healthcare industry, which you know, Charles, is that there's a tremendous amount of data that's out there, but it's siloed. It's, it's housed in, in these very discrete um, silos across the industry. And much of it is transmitted or delivered indiscriminately. And so the, there's a tremendous amount of inefficiency inherent in the industry in terms of how to deliver that critical information where it is needed most. Uh, and we represent a very efficient distribution channel to the point of care. And there's some information that is really critical to be delivered at the point of care during a patient encounter. And that's what we want to take full advantage of. And if I remember right, you know, with the augmented solution, you know, you, you were already doing a lot of that, right? Uh, a physician is speaking with his patient and a specialist can toggle up uh, the most recent lab results and make sure the physician has seen them, you know, things like that. When you're talking about this type of additional information that you could bring to the point of care, you know, maybe give an example of that, but, but, I, but I'm curious, like how much is this, is, is this now enabled because of, you know, the interoperability final rules and, you know, the uh, getting rid of information blocking, is that enable some of these services to be easier to deliver through Augmetics than before? Uh, that's a great question. So I, I, I believe it is. So uh, we're not just talking about information that we would originate Augmetics, but information that is originated by third parties. And they're searching, some of these third parties are searching for more efficient distribution channels to get the information to the point of care where it matters most, either to the doctor or to the patient. Um, and we just happen to represent that, that more efficient communication channel. Uh, information could be from Big Pharma, for example, um, in, in terms of eliciting enrollment in clinical trials for oncology. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of information that is out there that is trying to get to the, the right home in the most efficient manner. And, and we happen to be sitting, sitting on it. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. So, um, you know, it sounds like the future is really is pretty exciting there. And, uh, you know, we look forward to really uh, learning more and uh, hearing more about Augmetics in, in the future here. Um, well, so. we're, we're excited as well, Charles. And uh, um, we're just uh, building, you know, the company one step at a time, but uh, the future looks pretty good. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And so, you know, I, I think we'll end it here. And uh, Manny, thanks, thanks a lot for uh, joining us today for this uh, podcast and, uh, you know, look forward to hearing more updates in the future. Thanks for having us on the show. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.